your eyes looked a little bit sleepy. Hi, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Reality Is. It's uh, Monday, and uh, it's me, Noor, and with my brother, Rahil. And with my brother, Rahil. What? Listen, it's been a long weekend. How are you? Mm-hmm. How am I? Is that what yeah. you ask me? You hate it. I'm great. How are you? What's, <laughs> what's going on? You don't care. I really do not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how many dollars would you spend to see Taylor Swift? Oh, so I, I I don't know what's going on with it. I just saw some news stories about like there being like a like a justice department, like the Department of Justice has opened up an inquiry into this thing, something with Ticketmaster or whatever. Yeah, the Justice League is involved. <sighs> yes. Um, yeah. So, so in, yeah. In general, right? I, I guess the question is, what's a what's a good amount of money to spend for a concert for anybody? Is Taylor Swift the you know like the concert that you want to go to the most right now, or is it somebody else? Is there another performer? I don't want to see Taylor Swift in concert. I don't think I want to go to any concerts. I don't think I want to do anything. To be honest, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I went. Honestly, it's like 23 degrees, so I don't want to do anything but be home. I don't want to do anything. I went to this brunch yesterday, as you know, uh-huh. at like, it was at noon because it was a brunch. It was a birthday brunch, and it was in the city, and I was so angry the whole time. My entire drive into the city, walking up and down the streets, walking to this brunch place, I was so angry. I was like, this is bullshit. It was for our 43rd birthday. I was like, just do it at like TJI Friday. What do we do? What are we celebrating here? Just stop. Everyone just stay home. Uh, so I probably paid like upwards of $200 for the Taylor. <laughs> for the T-Swifty okay. concert. Oh my God. No, going to the, first of all, going to the city in the wintertime, unless it's the Rockettes, I'm not interested. No, I'm not interested even if it is the Rockettes. No, the Rockettes could be, perf- they could be performing in a hotel room in the city with just me. And I still wouldn't go. Okay, first of all, you need to have some more respect for the Rockettes because I'm they are saying. not they are not sex workers or dancers. I am not. For those oh purposes. my god! Okay, why are first they in a hotel all, room with you? First of all, no, you first of all. Okay, <laughs> I love the Rockettes. Okay, the city going to see the Rockettes in the winter time. Okay, at Radio City Musical. Yes, right, Christmas spectacular. It's yes. it's an all timer. Okay, it is Great. such a good time. It is wonderful. Fantastic. But it's the only thing that I want to go to the city for. Like I don't um, want to go to the city for anything else. If I want to go and see the Christmas lights in the city, I can get in the car, I guess, and drive around. But traffic is atrocious in the city in the winter time. Yeah, it's not nice to walk around outside. Sometimes you get a nice, pleasant smell of roasted peanuts. Yeah, right. But like, usually you're just so cold. So first of all, wait, hold on. I had to do groceries (laughs) and I just, all I had to do was get out of my car, get into the grocery store. And I went at night. So there was literally got the first spot in the parking lot. It was miserable. I dawdled by the checkout line. Like there was a shorter checkout line, but I got in the longer one because the thought of getting out and then having to be in the cold for like, I don't know, 15 seconds before I get into my car, it sounded like torture. It's all miserable. Yes. Every, every life is miserable. I think that's what we're getting at. 
But I'd like to address a couple of things. You insinuated that I insinuated that the Rockettes are sex. Real, we've already moved on. I talked about doing groceries. Let's go. <laughs> no, no, because I just want to say the reason why I said in a hotel room is so I am the only audience member. So it's a personal show. That's what I care about. I know, but so why they can focus a personal on show with the rocket? Focus on you. It's not about you. It's about Christmas. <laughs> Well, how is it about Christmas? I haven't actually seen the show. Oh is my there God, a Christmas the story? Radio City Christmas Spectacular? Are you? Kidding? I understand. Yes, I'm saying what part no, of the rock can No, 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 no. What? I don't think. You I mean, like, um, you know, like Jesus Christmas, not like you know, the retail Christmas is my. Okay, question. nobody cares about. Sorry, no, no. Wow, <laughs> watch yourself. <laughs> watch yourself listen very few people are talking about christmas in that way okay when i say that i love the christmas spectacular you know i'm not i'm gonna take that back there is a part of the christmas spectacular at radio city i've mm-hmm. called it by the way 17 names i have no idea what it's called yeah but... exactly a big fan over here <laughs> i will say i've seen it thrice okay it's okay. the same show every time mm-hmm. but um they just change like the technology and the story a little bit. It goes from like television to like video games to like iPads. Like it's, you know, it's evolved. Anyway, um, there is a part of it where they do the nativity real, a mm-hmm. live nativity. We are inside of Radio City and there are camels on Ooh, stage. That's okay? amazing. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing. So I. <laughs> I love it. It's really good. And it's weird because, you know, obviously not an ounce of Christian in me, but that thing comes like they have that whole scene and they have like the neat, like very traditional Christmas nativity music playing. Mm-hmm. Cheers in my eyes. Yeah. The greatest story ever told. Um, I would uh, also have one of the camels in the hotel room because it seems <laughs> like it's part of the story. Um, and also I'm going to uh, a little um, hot take. I do think that they should put Christ back in Christmas. Does that make me an asshole? Because it is. It's a Christian holiday. We should. It's okay for us to recognize the Christianness of Christmas. No, that's all I'm saying. First of all, nobody. But here's the thing, real. No one's trying to take it away. No one says. Well, you are. No, you just said nobody cares. Nobody cares about. I didn't. I I started to say something, and then I I may have said nobody cares about Chris. Stiffer walking, but you don't know because you didn't let me finish my thought because you started jumping the gun. Anyway, my what point is, let you finish the thought. My point is, my point is this: mm-hmm. um, no one's taking Christmas away from anybody. Relax, okay? Calm down, Linda. You're fine. No one is taking Christmas away from you. No one's taking Christ away from you. Christ, who's Linda? You want Christ Christ to be? You sound like a Linda. It sounds like a Linda thing to do. What's a Linda? Is that a new Karen thing? Yeah, I don't want to go Karen. I just wanted to go Linda. Oh, you wanted to change it. I got gotcha. you. It's well-meaning. Um, <laughs> um, what were we talking about before? Oh, yeah, the cold. Swift. The cold. There is... Oh, yeah, the cold. Um, there is one thing that I do once every three months mm. in the city, and that is go to a halal food cart called mm. Adele's. Uh-huh. Um, and I know so the people know. Well, Adele's got very popular, which is very bad for me because now the line is huge. Um, but it's 49th and 6th. It's actually mm-hmm. right across the street from Radio City Musical. That's right. Um, so I do that once uh, every three months. 
I do that. And that is worth it. Um, the cold is worth it because I have to wait like usually about an hour to get the food and then we eat it right there. Uh, me and my two friends and we are high out of our minds and it is fantastic. It's just a great experience. So that's the only thing I like doing in the cold in the city. That um, is actually a really good experience. Yeah. The tree can get fucked. I don't <gasps> care about the tree anymore. Okay, relax. You need to calm down. The tree did nothing to you. <laughs> it's the same I, thing every year. I know. It's the same thing everywhere. Every year. You know what the saddest moment for that tree is? You ever see that tree around, say, January 4th? Ooh, yeah. It's, it's sad. sad. It's just out there. It's sad. Just it's out there. Over. It's just out there. It's yeah. like half naked. It's like, yeah. somebody please cover me up. It's like covering its nipples. Like, it doesn't know what to do with itself. <laughs> Oh my god, what what? Nothing. Was that a cough? It was a cough that I turned into a laugh. So I was muted and then no, I came were, right into a laugh. You weren't muted. I heard all of it. Okay. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna go back to what we were originally talking about. Well, what happened with Taylor Swift is that Taylor Swift, uh the the Ticketmaster people apparently have a monopoly. On every single like live nation, every single concert, every single major venue is tied to Ticketmaster slash Live Nation. You have to go through them in order to sell your tickets. And what I don't know, I guess some sort of price gouging happened. I'm not sure what happened, but basically the somebody they were like it was like too high of a demand. There were not enough tickets. People waited in queues forever. There was supposed to be some sort of like a a booster or like a boost or like a special code that you were supposed to plug in. But mm-hmm. essentially, all of the people who had early access, no matter what kind of early access you had, because there were multiple forms of early access, everybody got to go in at the same time. And uh, people waited online to try to get tickets for like hours and hours and hours. And um, once they were able to get and finally get access to tickets, the demand was so high that floor seats were going for upwards of like twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, Ticketmaster is a dirty, filthy uh, organization that mm-hmm. should not exist for any reason anymore. I mean, we can just every place, like every venue, can have their own online ticket booth. Ticketmaster just serves no purpose. All they do is just upcharge for bullshit. This just service fees for nothing. You're not even. I have paid like I paid like a hundred and twenty dollars for tickets, and then the service mm-hmm. fee alone is sixty five. What the hell? It's gross. It's unnecessary. We should get yeah. rid of it. Honestly, again, we should just all stay home. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Why go? Is a concert really better than just listening to music at home? Is the music it, better at home? I mean, you've seen Bruce, and you said it was like I a have. magical experience. Well, that was a religious experience. It wasn't a magical experience. Okay, I'm so. Or anyway, listen. What so then? What happened is that then the Swifties got very upset, and there were some tweets about like there's this like one person who penned a letter, being like, "I love you so much. I care about you. I would literally take a bullet for you." But like, what's going on is not okay, and I really hope that you. Because the thing is, this happened, and then there was nothing from Taylor Swift. For like two days, like nothing happened. Like she never said anything, which is like very on brand for Taylor Swift. Like she's not one to make big statements like this. Like she doesn't say anything of value, really. 
but yeah. people were upset. They were really hurting. And one girl said, I would take, a, I would literally take a bullet for you. So like, what's going on? You've like really disappointed us and like broken our hearts. And it just like, it brings me to a topic I wanted to discuss, which is like Stan culture. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that, which is ironic because like, I think people, young people now say they stand someone, but they don't realize where the term stand derives from. Like they don't know that it's actually from the Eminem song Stan where somebody Mm -hmm. is so obsessed with him. They write him letters and then eventually like lose their mind and kill their girlfriend, like all this crazy shit. Right. So um, I feel like young people now love to Stan artists, but I don't think they realize why we're calling them stands. And it's, it's a, it's a sickness. So we were, I don't know if we, we, I don't, we've never talked about it over here, but I know I've talked to my friends about this before. So um, I don't like K-pop because uh, I can't, I don't understand the words. Um, And all that music sounds like target music to me, you know, like music that you'd hear in it, both inside of a target and then also in a target commercial, which is fine. It's just pleasant, but it, you know, the music doesn't mean anything to me, but the thing with K-pop seems like they are selling the standing, like they sell the mania of it. That's a part but, I mean, of the isn't deal. Isn't that the same thing as like boy band? So that's my question. So is it worse now than when it was when we were growing up? I think yes. when we were growing up, we didn't have the internet also, right? So yeah. you would just like the music or whatever like that, or you'd you know, watch the person on TV or you'd go to a concert, but it wasn't this 24 seven just nonstop feed into another person's life, which is it's dangerous, man. Yeah, parasocial relationships. It's psychotic. Like it's um I so I do think it's much worse now because there's multiple factors. Number one, everybody is online and very available, right? So yeah. they get to like search it and look it up and all that stuff. Number two, fan accounts get a lot of traction. Yeah. So people make fan accounts and their fan accounts blow up. Like like we're talking like, you know, like six figure followers for Britney Spears fan, fan accounts, K-pop pop fan accounts, like Taylor Swift fan accounts. They become these big things like that. Chris Evans, a letter to Chris Evans that somebody wrote. Somebody, you wrote Evans? that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it because that one is that was my favorite. I think it was more so than the Taylor's because the Taylor Swift one made me sad. I was like, "Take a bullet for you." That's that's a lot. But yeah, she has ones, she pays a bodyguards a lot of money to take a bullet no, for her. Don't, you don't need to. You're good. Yeah. Like she doesn't need you to do that. She never asked yeah. for it. Um, the Chris Evans one made me like big time lull because it came out of nowhere, and within it, it. It, it literally said, like, it's none of my business, but... And I was like, this is amazing. Anyway, so you have these, like, that was a fan account too, right? Like, so you have the fan accounts and then people are, like, you know, getting likes and follows and all that stuff. That's a dopamine release in your mind. People get addicted to it. So there's so yeah. many levels of why people do these things and why they create these, like, fandoms. Um and, you know, it's ultimately like social media is just a way to occupy your space, your, your brain and make money off of it. So that's really all it is, all this stuff. Um, and I do think that it's a lot worse than when we were growing up. I feel like but but at the same time, 
I want to be mindful of the fact that I know when the, that when like Elvis was coming up or like when the Beatles were coming up, older people yeah. were like, what is this crazy thing that the youth are doing? Right. So like I want to <laughs> be mindful of it because I think if you're going to obsess over a fan, it doesn't matter if you have the inner obsess over somebody. It doesn't matter if you have the Internet or not. But I do think that I, the internet makes no. it easier for you to become, for that to become your personality. Well, I think, but the the other thing is in the 1950s or whatever, there was a limit to how much information you were consuming about yeah. Elvis, right? So even yeah. the biggest Elvis fan, you listen to the music, sure. I'm sure there were Elvis magazines and, you know, there's like um, fan clubs and all this other stuff. And you'd get like letters every once in a while from, I'm not on Twitter, thank God. Or Facebook or any social media, but it seems like you can get updates on, you know, every minute on a celebrity. Like sometimes when, you know, I see like I'll visit Twitter, the explore page to see what's kind of going on in the conversation. And, you know, you see something trending and it's just like, oh, somebody wore like argyle pants or something and people are going crazy. And it's like, okay, sure, somebody's having fun at like a picture or whatever. But that kind of constant, just like, this is all you're thinking about. This is all you're talking about. And then like everything in your life is somehow related to that. So even like, so sometimes like I'll read like these, um, I'll see like these uh, K-pop, these K-pop tweets or whatever. And it's about like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, this is kind of manic. Uh, this isn't a good thing because there's like lots of suicides in K-pop and there's a lot of pressure and you're not actually helping the artist or whatever, right? Yeah. And then there's like a response from the other side saying like, well, no, this is actually you're being racist by calling out my love for K-pop or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, because it's like, oh, you know, it's because it's my it's, you know, I love the culture and you critiquing my level of fandom is actually racist. Right. Okay. So and then, and then you can get lost in that conversation or whatever, right? So well, the best thing about Twitter is that anything can be ableist or racist if you try hard enough. Yeah. But I think my my point was that the, I think the nonstop flow of information um is really bad. And then the other thing I think that's bad is um I don't know I think when you're on the way up as an artist you want to give so much of yourself to the people because that's the only way that's you know people see okay that's a way that i can get more popular um and then i'm sure at a certain point it becomes too much for you and you don't want that right so i'm not sure how i'm not sure how complicit the artists are in like these trends and all this other stuff right like obviously Taylor Swift didn't want this Ticketmaster thing to happen, right? It's a yeah. bad thing that it happened, yeah. right? So she obviously wasn't complicit in that. I don't know if she gets like, you know, she's like, oh, look at how good my fans are. Look at how devoted my fans are. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. If I don't know if that's the thing that she's going after or not. I'm, I'm assuming that she's not because she's a big enough artist that she doesn't have to do that. But a smaller artist may get off on the fact that, hey, look at how devoted my fans are. Well, she right. is notorious for engaging with fans in some sort of way online. So she does mm-hmm. do a lot of things where like before she has a release, she does these little like uh, she's known to do what are those like little Easter egg drops, like all these things in her little cryptic like things for her fans to figure out what's coming next. What am I going to do next? Like she does those things. So 
she and that's great, right? Because she's using social media in a way that is that her fans are getting excited. But like somebody like Beyonce does nothing. She could do nothing. And tomorrow, if she released a whole album, Mm -hmm. everybody would still go crazy for it. Right. All Beyonce did this this time, I think, is she did something where she uh, made her Instagram account like she archived everything. So there was nothing on her Instagram anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. No posts that you could see. And then when she had new stuff releasing, she dropped stuff. Right. Like that's all she did. And I think like that. I don't know. I feel like Beyonce is also really careful about the amount of information she gives people about herself. Mm-hmm. I think Adele is another person who, like, I think learned in the last few years that even if she wants to be more accessible to the people, it's not going to be easy for her because the level of fandom that she has now. So, like, yeah. you know, the fact, like, when she went online and said sorry and had that video about canceling the Vegas shows, people ripped her apart for it. Even though she mm-hmm. was just trying to explain to people what was going on and be like honest with them, I think that it's like the more you give of yourself to the world, the more the world has to critique you. And before that, Adele was barely on the internet. Like she was not on social media. She was, we knew nothing about her. So, like, I think that if you are a big enough fan, you shouldn't have to use all these things to get your information. A big enough artist. Yeah, or sorry, yeah, big enough artist. You shouldn't have to use your fans in this way. But at the same time, I think that you are also tied to how celebrity and music and movies and how promotion and advertisement mm-hmm. is moving now more and more. So I don't know. It's complicated, you know. I, you know, I think yeah. To me, the way you know, uh, the way that you described Beyonce versus the way. Uh, that I guess Taylor Swift does it to me. Beyonce is being a more responsible artist. She's being a more responsible yeah, person for sure. Yeah, because, and I think that's the way that they should do it. And um, I, it's not just about like music, right? So I think there's certain celebrities that are very, very popular. Um, like Chris Evans, but like Chris Evans, but Chris Evans, even so, Chris Evans, I understand because he's part of like the biggest movie franchise in the history of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So I get the Captain America fandom. I think aside from that, there's also a fandom because of the way that he looks. And I think yeah. he's vocal in all the right ways. Like yeah. he is, you know, very liberal and he's very warm and all this other stuff, right? So I understand why people would become a big fan of him. But like somebody like Ryan Reynolds, right? I know more about Ryan Reynolds from his, I guess, his internet persona or his media persona than I know from him, like, than I know his movies. Yeah, I barely know his movies. You know what I mean? I just like, like no the Deadpool. Only, exactly. I only know Deadpool, and it feels like everything else that he does, both in real life and in the movies, is some version of that. Yeah. And I've decided at this point, I don't enjoy that version whatever that persona is i don't like so i don't i'm not looking forward to any ryan reynolds movies or anything like that i think it's i think it's funny i think he's very charming i think he's i understand why people enjoy that but i think to me at this point it's just boring right oh Um, that's a hot take are you you don't you don't see that you don't see like him and his wife uh blake lively i've I've got a lot of thoughts about them (laughs) We don't have to get into that right now. First of all, they got married on a plantation. Like, come on. 
come on. And then they talk about like how they regret it, but I'm like, hey, you still did it. Right. Um uh also I enjoy him. I I'll tell you the Ryan Reynolds corner of the internet that I enjoy. It's anytime he does anything with Hugh Jackman, because I mostly only care about Hugh Jackman. And so that's the stuff that I do enjoy because he and Hugh Jackman together are quite funny. Um, they are quite but funny, care. but I've all still been seeing it now for five years and I know exactly what I'm getting, which oh is God. fine. Yeah. But I also think that like, like I don't follow him or anything, but I also like don't watch any of his movies. I've never seen a Deadpool. Uh, I think I watched a movie called The Proposal once. And then I think I watched with it, but that was mostly for Sandy Bullock. And then I think I watched uh, before. Besides that, like Ryan Reynolds is like if a if a Ryan Reynolds movie is on the television, I'll sit and I'll watch it. Like I watched Free Guy, like seventy percent of it, you know. But I mostly yeah. also watched it because I really liked What's Her Face from Killing Eve. So like, um. I don't care about his movies at all. Like I would never go run to the theaters to see the new Ryan Reynolds flick, but I will always laugh if somebody, something of his is like trending on Twitter. I'm like, Oh, that's a, that's funny. And then I move on with my life. Cause you know what? I'm not a Stan for Ryan Reynolds. I'm not taking any, I think Ryan Reynolds has used uh, the internet to his advantage, right? Yeah. Um, because if you are to just look, go off of like his filmography or whatever, it's not what that special. Have? Yeah. What do we have? Yeah. But he's a pretty big. So I think you know that's that's a way that a celebrity is using it to like lift their profile. I can see how he can go bad on the other on the other side. Yeah. Um, but I think you just kind of have to use it responsibly, I guess. You know who's using their internet dumb a little like. Like a, you know, we talked about this. Like, who's celebritying well? I think like Andrew Garfield is celebritying well. No, I know who that is. I'm just Andrew Garfield. You don't know who Andrew Garfield? I guess, is? I guess, but I don't. I mean, I just know it. he's just on the talk shows, right? Did your brain stop working? I don't understand. It did stop working. Then. Yeah, it you, did I, stop for a second. <laughs> you're like I the forgot who that was. Just kicked in. No, I haven't taken it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I do feel like yeah, Andrew Garfield is interneting well. I feel like any interviews that he does he did before and after the Spider Man stuff was great. Um, yeah, he just like he he I forget he's English, and that's always a surprise. <laughs> I feel like he's doing well. Um, Tom Holland obviously in the connection with Zendaya, but like. I so I think, like that yeah. so like that the the Tom Holland Zendaya thing right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me that is too much <gasps> I think what but it's I'm not I'm not putting it on them but the level of fandom that goes around uh, you know and like the love life of those two people it's obviously way too much I mean, no one should have... care that much okay. no 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 it's no. not right. Wait, wait, calm down, relax, okay? It's not right. Put Christ back in Christmas. Sorry, I'm taking melatonin. <laughs> Listen, I'm saying is I I'm happy for those two kids. Okay. Sure, I'm happy. I'm happy for love. I love love. Okay. No one should give a sh- No one should give that much. Uh, no one should care that much about you know two twenty somethings love life. That's crazy. No, listen, relax, calm down all i'm saying is that i'm happy for those two 
if they break up, I'll be like, okay, like I'm just going to move on. I don't care. I genuinely don't give a shit. But I do think that it's really sad that if they break up, they're going to have to make a statement about it, right? And be like, oh, you know, we came to the – I have so much love for you, him, he's the best person I know, but our lives are going to different paths. Like I don't think celebrities need to do that. It's literally no one's fucking business. It's so weird that like we care about these things. No, but the thing is, is that is a part of the strategy, right? Like Zendaya and Zendaya and Tom Holland have a strategy and not real love. Is that what you're saying? I'm not not saying that. I'm not saying that it's not true love, but I think every celebrity who's out there kind of knows that, okay, people have a vested interest in my personal life and they can pick and choose how much of that personal life they share with the rest of the world. Right. Sure. Uh, And I think that um, your movies uh, hit, you know, whatever they, they, they're more successful as a result when people are more interested in you. Right. So like, you know, when you're saying that we shouldn't care, yes, 100% we shouldn't care. Right. But it's not like, it's not like the celebrities don't know what they're doing also. You know what I mean? Like you can have, you can, what you're implying and specifically this Tom Holland's and Daya situation is that those two are doing it for other things outside of just affection for each other. I don't think that it's them too. I think my guess would be it's the fact that they're part of a multi, multi multi-billion dollar, like multiple multi multi multi-billion dollar franchises. And I'm sure they have a team of PR people that kind of know, okay, this is how much we should be sharing. Like, I don't really honestly don't think that any paparazzi pictures I don't take them on their face value anymore. I assume that everything is kind of a setup. Oh, I don't my think God. anybody's. Oh, come on. You think any of like Kim Kardashian's paparazzi no, photos? No, no, he no. Doesn't no, no, want no. Them I'm not talking about the fucking Kardashians. Those people are nuts, okay? Yeah, I'm but who do you think? Who do you think all these new Who do you think all these new celebrities are learning it from? Who is more popular than the Kardashians? Zendaya does not need. I understand. Kim Kardashian and Tom Holland. I'm specifically talking about them, and you keep talking about these other trash boxes. I think these little baby influencers and people who go on the fucking Bachelor or Bachelorette, those are the people that are trying to be like Kim Kardashian. Those are the people that are like these people who are going on Love Is Blind and all this shit. Housewives. Those are the people that are trying to emulate Kim. Kardashian and use the internet like them. But somebody yeah. like Zendaya or somebody like Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet or like all these young no, actors, I don't think you love that guy. I said, oh, that guy. Oh, that guy. Okay. I do love that guy. Yeah. Very high cheekbones. <laughs> high cheekbones, always shocked by his thick New York accent. Yeah. Um, I am, and his voice, honestly, in general, I'm like, why? I was mm-hmm. not expecting that. Anyway. I think that those people, those young people are aware that social media is a part of their celebrity. However, I think that their focus still is to be doing the other stuff. Like Zendaya Mm -hmm. has done so many – she's actually talked a lot about how one of the things that she had used for herself, like one of the things that she knew was going to set her apart then because she's a Disney girl. One of the things that was going to set her apart was getting into fashion. 
and caring about fashion and trying to like up her fashion game because she knew that as a black woman or black girl in the industry that she was in, that was the only way that she was going to get into specific circles and situations by inserting herself in places where, where there is more of an intention on fashion. And she was like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But I knew that this is something that I wanted to be doing that was different than what the other people are doing. She also was like a singer. Like she's super duper talented, but she used her celebrity in a way that didn't allow her like it didn't require her to give too much of herself away. Like it was like, I'm going to speak through my clothes and that's it. I'm not going to have to give you more information about myself. And I think like that was really smart. That was like a great way of her to use her like use the right strategies of like how to use like your um what is it like or your uh what's the word I'm looking for your yeah your your public image right like your platform yeah your yeah platform. exactly use your platform exactly so I do but I do think that like some people are trying to do more of the other stuff like the younger actors and stuff like you can go that route where you give to like a lot of yourself up to social media and stuff but so but, my first of all, yeah. first of all, you sound like a stan. So that's troubling. I'm joking. Um, uh, no, so obviously, so like reality stars that once again, you love, um, they obviously follow the Kardashian playbook, right? Yes. Because they are not big enough celebrities. So they know that's the playbook to follow, right? Mm -hmm. I, but I also think that regular celebrities, regular actors, and I don't know why, I think we started talking about Tom Holland and Zendaya. My point was, the level of fandom that their romance attracts is troubling. It's not right. It's not okay. And it's, I think it's troubling for society as a whole. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I didn't know who you were saying it was troubling towards. I was like, is it troubling towards them? They seem happy in love. Like, but but I will say I think that their PR teams know what they're doing. Like they know they know what is going to set off like a frenzy online. I think I think that stuff happens all the time, and I think that stuff is strategic. And I'm not saying Tom Holland and Zendaya are bad people for it, but I think they're also a part of this gigantic system. Like, they are. You know, you can walk away. You can make independent movies if you want to. But, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, that they should do that. But, but they do. A they have their system. own projects. They, they have a, She's in I'm Euphoria. Sure she has an entire fucking television show that she's the lead on. I don't understand what you're trying to say. You're being so cynical about Zendaya and Tom Holland, who are these like very basic. Like they're like the they're like the least problematic young people we have. Uh, in I'm, they're both great people. I like both of them. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the fact that they attract this level of mania is messed up. It's not right. And at a certain point, you have to be like, okay, I need to do something to change this up because it's not healthy. You're saying that celebrities should really try to uh, make themselves unavailable so that people yeah, can. Sometimes you have to do that. But I think, that. but I think that what is what's tough is that, like, like Chappelle, right? Chappelle just disappeared mm -hmm. off the face of the planet for like a little while, right? But yeah. even now, when he's back, he's still like very actively engaging in everything, right? Like, sure. so I, it's like, I think that no matter who you are to some degree even if you go away even if you like take yourself off of all social media the internet is still going to like people are still going to be crazy for you like you can no, still but... trend without you can still trend without social media 
Yeah, but it's different because Chappelle just goes and he does his show, right? And then he says something crazy on his show, and then people have a reaction to that, right? But you think that he's not saying those things so that people have a reaction? He's doing those things also because he wants a reaction. I think he's saying that. I I think he is is aware now that when he says more controversial stuff, that it's going to become part of the conversation, right? But I don't think he's necessarily doing it to try to get internet fanboys i don't think that that is a thing for him. sure he's not trying to get internet fanboys but he's still trying to use social media to get more eyes and ears on his content i don't think so because he's Um, not the one that's but he's he he has deals with like netflix and he does like stuff with you know he he goes on like legitimate okay listen if you're gonna at a certain point you are you are performing you are performing if you're gonna tell me that Zendaya and Tom Holland have first of all, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, strategically hold on. told them what they should be doing on social media and what works for them to try to get more attention to their the movies that don't need that much attention that are part of like the biggest universe of movies in the world. Uh, you're saying that that is a strategic move, but you're saying that Dave Chappelle doesn't do things strategically so that more people get ears and eyes on the controversial shit he says. I call bullshit on that theory. It doesn't make any uh, sense. You're you're contradicting yourself. I, first of all, I'm not because we're talking about two different things. We're talking. We're talking about. We're talking. I first of all, I started off talking about Zendaya and Tom Holland's relationship playing out and how that helps. Their celebrity profile, which sure. in turn helps make their movies bigger, right? Okay. Dave Chappelle goes and he does just he does his show. That's his show. That's his job. His job is to go do his show, right? People mm-hmm. record it, they put it online, and sure, I'm sure he knows that people are gonna maybe talk about it or whatever. But I don't think that's the main motivating thing for him to do stuff. And I'm again, not that it's a I'm main not motivating- saying. But you're not saying I, it's not, the main motivating thing for Zendaya and Tom Holland either, but you're saying it no. is part of their thought process. What I'm saying why is... Why they're doing what they're doing. And that's what I'm saying is that Dave Chappelle's part of his process is to say the most outrageous things so that you can get more eyes and ears on it. So that I don't you can get more people talking too. about it. Like I, some I of think, it... Obvi- I, I'm not saying that's his only thing, but I think that that is part of his thinking. I may, it may it may be right, but I don't think he's doing it for internet points, right? I think that this is very specific to the Tom Holland Zendaya relationship. <laughs> Again, I don't know why you keep attacking me. Like I took Zendaya's legs out for some goddamn reason. I love her; she's she's fantastic. What I'm saying is the level of fandom about their relationship is troubling. Yes, and the I fact agree that it's the fact that it's out there as much as it is needs to be like it needs to be curbed right um and at at some point you need to back away from that and again this is uh, th- this may be 100 unfair to them because they're yes. just some you know they're a couple of 20 year olds or whatever yes in in the media and it's i'm sure it's very very tough to navigate that stuff right uh-huh. I, it came up because of because the level of uh fandom for their romance is troubling to me it's not right and I feel like their PR teams know that. They know that it's going to cause a frenzy and they use that to their advantage. That's okay. all I'm saying. That's it. But that's Can we get done with them. this with a love? But I'm not saying that's on them, right? No. Yeah, no, sure. It, it, it may not be. It may, it, okay, no, it's, it's, wait, wait. 
So on that same topic, right, we talked a bunch about – I feel like every week we talk about Don't Worry, Darling. Neither of us has seen this movie. I feel like we should. But hmm. we. I thought that Olivia and Harry had split up because in Venice, mm-hmm. there was they were ice cold. No chemistry. No eye contact. No con- – like they weren't even looking at each other, right? Yeah. But there was all this stuff that was like really drummed up. Like it was super trendy to talk about Don't Worry, Darling because of all the stuff that was going on for this stupid movie, which actually ends up that the movie is terrible. It's a horrible movie, right? So do you know that now, like this week, a statement came out that Olivia and Harry have officially split? I was like, well, I thought they already broke up because it was ice cold in Venice. There was no, I just assumed that they weren't together anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because I think that a lot of the assumption on the internet is that the the reason why this is coming up now is because Harry's done with his tour. So he's not, you know, he's not got anything going on. He's kind of like dropped off of like the trending of the new circuit. And yeah. Don't Worry Darling is now available for streaming. Yes. So they're like the fact that they're like now announcing that they've split up is just a way yes. to get their new names in the media again. Yes. Which, yeah. You know what? Maybe that's the example I should have used. Yes, that I, is more I, of I, an example. For, forgive me for apparently a <laughs> shiving uh, Tom Holland and Zendaya. I don't know what the hell I walked into. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ as in Christmas. <laughs> I just am so because they're like point. the least problematic people we have. We have no one. No, they're else. great. They're great. They, I love them. So I wish them nothing but the best in their love, and I can't <laughs> wait to follow every step of it. Oh, I wonder what they're doing right now. No, no. Why don't you? Why don't you pop that in the old Google? See what they're wearing tonight. <laughs> I don't care. And by the way, they're barely online. Sure. They're not online. They're not very online people. They're not very active on their social media. You seem to know a lot about them. No, they're not. They're not very active on their social media. Um, Anyway, listen, I need you to give me some hot takes because what I wanted to talk about today was Thanksgiving, but now we are only talking about stands. Um, Thanksgiving is approaching. Would you Mm -hmm. say it's one of your favorite holidays? Um, It is probably uh, as a day. It's my favorite day uh, in America for sure. Um, as a holiday, I think I like Christmas more. I like Christmas season more because it's a season. Thanksgiving really isn't a season. It's just a day for me. Would you say that Thanksgiving is a start of Christmas season? Uh, no, the Monday after Thanksgiving is the start of Christmas season. Okay, so four days later. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's pretty big. Okay. Um, but yeah, but Thanksgiving is my favorite day of the year. It's the warmest day, right? Like. Is it not like yes. the warmest in your heart day of the year? It just makes me so happy. I mean, we haven't had a traditional Thanksgiving in a couple of years. Yeah. But uh, just waking up on Thanksgiving, it didn't just, you know, it's so nice. The football. Yeah. What are your favorite parts fall. about? Yeah. What are your favorite parts about Thanksgiving? I mean, we're not getting fall. We're in we're in the, the ball sack of winter, winter. now. Yeah. yeah, I think. So is it because the it's a long November? It's a long I think it's because November. the earth is melting. <laughs> Wait, but it's colder. Anyways, it's a mess. That's not what Al Gore told me. Anyways, um, yeah, I think what it used to be was the drive. We used to drive down to Maryland, mm-hmm. um, and then I'd walk into that house and I would just smell the food. Yeah, just cooking, and I'd yep. just feel warm right away. Yeah, 
And then the first plate is my favorite part. Okay, what's your what's your ideal Thanksgiving plate? Well, it has to be. Um, so I, I don't think I'm... We were actually just discussing this. I, I don't think I want another plate of turkey in my life. Because ever. the best turkey I've ever had, I'm ever going to have, I've already had. And it's unfortunately not coming back. Because yeah. the person I used to make it isn't here anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm done with turkey. Okay. Instead, give me um, a brisket. Okay. A piece of brisket. Uh-huh. We got some mashed hey, potatoes. Who makes that? Who makes that? <laughs> um, I don't know. I ordered it online from Zendaya Stan. Okay, so piece of brisket, mashed potatoes. Piece of brisket. Uh, no, you know what? Let's take out the mashed potatoes. Okay. I get uh, potatoes au gratin. How do you say oh, that? Au gratin. Au gratin. A, sc- a scalloped potato. A scalloped potato with some cheesy potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Just throw some green beans in there. Yeah, of course. You need that fiber. A corn <laughs> corn souffle mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then just, uh, um, I want, what do, what do we do? Cornbread or muffins? Whatever. Or English. Want. I want cornbread, I think. Okay. I want cornbread? No, I don't. I want biscuits. Okay. Grant's biscuits. And then, yes. And then just uh, just a scoop of gravy all over everything. Okay. Interesting. No mac and cheese. I can, I mean, if it's there, I will do it. I haven't always thought of mac and cheese as a Thanksgiving food. It's a nice really? app. No, not, not like specific to Thanksgiving. Wow. Well, no, it's, not, it's not specific to Thanksgiving, but it's a it's a staple in my plate for Thanksgiving. Is it? Yeah. Did you make it last year? Every year. Really? I make it every year. <laughs> I mean, Are you sure it's not just for the kids? No, I also make it for the adults, but I also always make now because of the low carbiness of you and my yeah. husband, I always make the uh, cauliflower mac and cheese. That's just, what it is, yes. That's usually what you're probably eating also. So you just skip over. And like Fahad doesn't eat the mac and cheese ever because he doesn't like pasta. He's like a lunatic. The cauliflower mac and cheese, if I recall correctly, sometimes I'll like run into like just a piece of cheese in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not, it's cheesy throughout, <laughs> but then there's also just like a, like these pieces of like hard cheese in the middle. Cause I don't think it, it doesn't melt as uniformly as it does in mac and cheese. <laughs> and it's uh, like finding lost treasure. It's amazing. <laughs> Yum. No salad on your plate, huh? Why? You're not kidding yourself. Doing? I'm making a salad this year. I'm oh, making, really? Yeah. I'm making a salad with roasted butternut squash. Um, and like a balsamic glaze and like a little bit of burrata on top. Nice. What's your plate like? Oh, okay. My plate is um, I do like turkey, okay, but not like a ton of it, just like a sliver. I'll take a, a sliver of turkey. Yes. What's your question? If there's chicken, yeah. And I'm, I, I've heard that there's going to be chicken this Thursday. Yeah. Um, I've, of course, I'm going to be throwing some chicken on there. Yeah. So, like, I made the last time I made turkey was uh, 2019 when we had Thanksgiving at my house. I was very proud of that turkey because, first of all, I uh, spatchcock the turkey. Excuse me? <laughs> I spread that bitch out. Okay. I cut okay. her. I, we butterfly our turkey. 
we cut out the neck and then we uh, do a, a salt brine, a dry brine, and then we like flavor the shit out of it, put butter all up and everywhere. But we, mm-hmm. I cook it on a big old tray on a, a cooling a cooling rack on top of a baking tray. And then I make my turkey that way. And it's perfect because it's never dry. It's perfectly crispy and it cooks in half of the time. And I don't need to keep going and like bathing it with shit or putting like onions on it or inside of the cavity. And it's it's not an invasive process with the turkey. So that I really liked. It was really good. I thought that it was very juicy. There's a lot of flavor. I enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, I, since then have been making chickens cause it's just yes. easier. Cause it's just us. Like, it's just like, like our immediate family. And so I think I recall that Turkey that you made and it was delicious. But you're um, not a Turkey girl. It's fine. But yeah, if I, it, wouldn't it just be better as chicken? Wouldn't everything just be better as chicken? Yeah. But the brisket wouldn't be better as chicken. No, of course. Yeah. Maybe poultry, you know? Yeah, exactly. Any sort of white meat. Yeah, so uh, my plate is turkey is present, obviously, a little bit of turkey, brisket, mac and cheese, the potatoes. If we've got like a Brussels sprout on the table, I'm definitely having some of those. Are they charred? Yes. Uh, They're charred, but also there's like a pecan, like a candied pecan mixed into it. Are they, can you see it right off the bat or like do you, sometimes you just discover the pecan? It depends on how much you're looking at the food when you're putting it in your plate. I mean, I'm not sure what the question is. <laughs> I think um, I like to find little treasures in my plate. I think I may be <laughs> six years old. Are you, uh, by the way, this year I'm doing smashed potatoes. Ooh. Yeah. So, sm- but they're the way I'm making my potatoes, I got like the little mini potatoes, like the creamer mm-hmm. potatoes. I got those. I'm going to like do a quick boil on them. And then when they come out, I'm going to use like a masher to just smash them flat on a baking tray, sprinkle cheese and olive oil on it and roast them so that they get like crispy and they'll be thin, but also creamy on the inside. I don't know how that would work. I All right. I guess this. you're going to find out on Thursday. But anyway, I like a I like a mashed potato. I do prefer a scalloped potato because I like the bite. Because what I don't like on my plate is when it turns into too much mush. I know you love a mush. I need some texture. So I love any roasted vegetables that are available. I love to throw a salad into it if a salad has like – Oh, by the way, I did not – there's no cranberry sauce on your stuff. Um, You're not a cranberry sauce. I, I like get, a little like, sweet. I- I get the appeal of it. I understand it, but also get out of my fucking So place. I like to do a salad that has like a sweeter dressing. So then that yeah. gives me that sweet feeling, you know? Yeah. So uh, any roasted vegetables, any green beans. But like the real carby things that I'm putting on my plate are like a corn souffle, a potato, some pasta, and I just mix everything. And not mix everything up initially, but I like to surprise myself every single time with like this bite. I'm going to put these things together on the fork and put that into my gullet. <laughs> Let me see how that makes me feel. I just love it. I love Thanksgiving so much. Now, are you eating desserts usually at Thanksgiving when you are not sugar-free? Uh, there's no Thanksgiving dessert that really uh, sticks out for me. I guess like pumpkin pie. But I don't really do you like, like pumpkin, pumpkin pie? pie. No, do you like pumpkin? Um, I do like pumpkin spice coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's wow. really good. Wow. Wow. That's like 
something I would expect from like a Taylor Swift fan, but not from you. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I like a pecan pie. That's probably if in the fall. I know you're a key lime pie girl, but yeah. if a if, if the fall pies that are presented to me are like apple, pecan, or pumpkin, I'm going pecan with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. But like the vanilla ice cream needs to be the one where I can see the dots of vanilla bean, right? Mm-hmm. One year our Briars. yeah, one year our cousin's wife made a bread pudding. It was amazing. It was a bread mm-hmm. pudding. But instead of bread, she used Krispy Kreme donuts and she used cocktail for like fruit cocktail, like the canned kind. Yeah. And it was absurd, but it was so rich and delicious. That with a scoop of ice cream was one of the best desserts I've ever had. It was, I was like, this is trash, but it's so good. It was amazing. It sounds nuts. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's it's just every, like you want, I guess the fruit's are acid of some sort <laughs> i guess i guess but it's all just like the trash version it sounds amazing but like you add like cinnamon to it so it gives it a mm. little bit more of like that earthiness to it that like warmth that you feel so you with think- your pecan pie right yeah Sorry, i gotta go back to your pecan pie yeah isn't pecan pie just to one note isn't it just sugary like that's no. the reason why i don't like pecan pie there isn't you know it just feels like one flavor and it's no, boring because- Pecan are pecans are like good. They're not too. They're like not a sweeter nut, so they have that yeah. like that nutty nutness. Uh, and roasted pecans are great. And yes. it depends on the pie crust. If the pie crust is great, then and like not sweet at all, then I'm good because that's really what I'm. That's honestly, that's really what I want. Sometimes What's- I just want a pie crust with a scoop of ice cream. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should have just scoops of ice cream with warm pie crust on top. Uh, or, you know, maybe you take the ice cream, hear me out, mm-hmm. and you get like a hardened pie crust, and then you scoop the ice cream into the hardened pie crust, which is also called a fucking cone. <laughs> this dessert already exists. What is it called? Um, a cone. Oh, okay. An ice cream cone. <laughs> No, but a waffle cone is not the same thing as pie it's crust. Pretty much a, it's no, pretty much No, it's not. Real, you are just saying things and they're not true. It's not true. A waffle cone and a pie crust are not the same thing. You're making me so angry. You're I'm getting pretty much Thanksgiving. You're getting you're getting like 70% there. You're getting 70% of the same and it's experience. Not the same experience. Quick question. Uh, oh pecan pie. What is the what is a pie filling? It's not pecan nuts, right? No, it's like a, it's like, I don't know what it is actually. I think it's yes. like it's like crumbled nuts and something. I don't know, maybe like a custard. I can't. It's not a custard. It's like a. It is a pie filling. I think it's like a. I think it's got some sort of like a caramel filling. I have no idea. Yeah, I've I never looked know. into so it. A, but I've it's never, a lot of. It's a fuck ton of pecans. It's I like have a pecan, pecan pie in the fridge right now that no one is touching because it's is that gross. For Thursday. No, somebody brought it like a week and a half ago. Nobody says I'm still going to eat it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to have to walk home on the, the Garden State Parkway. Um, if you could, okay, so obviously you're never into turkey. Besides turkey, is there a particular dish on Thanksgiving that when it's there, you're like, who the fuck? Why did you make this? Nobody's eating it. 
Mm. You know, I've always thought of that. Uh, I've always thought of the cranberry sauce, the amount of work that goes into cranberry sauce. Yeah. It's just not worth it. It's not um, worth it for you. No. Um, yeah. And yeah, the big one for me is turkey. Get the fuck out of my face. Or you know what? You know what I've never enjoyed is yams. Have you ever had yeah. yams? Yeah, I've not They're gross. yams. Yeah. So why isn't this just regular potatoes? What do you, you know, why, why does this exist? Okay. And like, have you ever had, have you seen like the candied yams? Like the yams? Yeah, it's gross. Where they, and then they have like the marshmallow topping on top. Yeah, what's going on here? Why is this not at the dessert what table? Of, what kind of joke is this? What is this? I don't understand. What is it doing there? That and the cranberry sauce, you cannot have both. It's too sweet. All these things, like cranberry sauce, I get it because at least it's like tart. But like candied yams are straight up sweet potato pie. Yeah. Put it on the pie table with the rest of the pies. I don't, yeah, I don't know where that belongs on the plate. Like, I don't know. Is that supposed to be, like, is that supposed to be part of like whatever's forkful that you're putting into your mouth or do you take that separately i have no idea because i never put it on my plate i'm never eating it like why are these marshmallows on the dinner table um one more question what happened nothing oh uh one more question i had for you is do you think that appetizers are necessary on thanksgiving i don't think so yeah i I, it's nice when they're there but it also just makes me go well Let's just put the food out. Yeah. Like, be- because like um, regularly appetizers are nice because I need to kind of build up my appetite. Um, yes. Anyways, but with Thanksgiving, let's just get to the food. You know what? Keep the appetizers out also at the same time. But don't fucking dole it out, um, you know, over time. Let's just put all the food out at once. There's no reason. When, to- when you go to somebody's house for Thanksgiving... And you're like, they're hosting Thanksgiving, right? And they they say, hey, come over to my house. We're going to have like a late lunch, early dinner. We're going to serve, like for us, like Muslims, like we're going to serve right after Maghrib, right? Which is like around five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and say you get to their house at four. The polite thing to do is to show up a little bit early. Do you think that they should have some stuff out for you? Are you irritated when you go to someone's house for Thanksgiving and like, you can obviously tell that things are still going on in the kitchen. Or no, are you excited I, for that? No, yeah, no, I get excited. And then I ask if I can help. And I get right in the kitchen. I get right with the serving tray. I uh, sneak a couple of bites here and there. That's what you're doing. Really nice. Yeah. I just have my own fork. Just going right, <laughs> right, to the, right to the source. Yeah. That's my play. Yeah. I love the hustle and bustle of Thanksgiving. I love the hustle and bustle of everybody's in the kitchen doing stuff together. Um, but if I, if and when I've hosted it in my house, I don't want a million people in my kitchen. I need you to get out because everything is already ready to go. Do you not like small talk when you're preparing to take the food out? I always wonder about that. Would you rather everyone just, you know, be away and you're just by yourself? Or do you want somebody to help you and make small talk with you? When I'm hosting, I like to make sure that every single thing that needs to be done for people to be fed are is done. And all I need to do is take things out of the oven and put them on a table. So like that, the small talk required there is very minimal. And so I'm fine with that. Um, but I don't mind it. I don't mind like when people are hanging out in the kitchen. I'd rather somebody hang out in the kitchen and talk to me while I'm cleaning my kitchen than them trying to get in and try to help me clean my kitchen. I don't want people helping me to clean my kitchen because I'm very particular about how I clean my kitchen. 
I sound like a Just miserable. No wonder Thanksgiving yeah. hasn't been at my house since 2019. Yeah, exactly. My God. Yeah. I know. It's terrible. Do you, is there like a help, man? They want to thank you. Is for there a the gr- is there a Grinch version of Thanksgiving? I don't think so. I think we just found one. He's <laughs> just a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. We're gonna be uh, Rahil's gonna be back on Thursday on Thanksgiving to talk about episode three of The Crown. My friend uh, Sonia is gonna be joining on as well. What? Yeah, that's gonna be very fun. Uh, I gotta shave. No, you're fine. And then I will be back on Wednesday also to talk to Arthi about Royal Housewives of Potomac and Family Karma. Any parting words for our friends for Thanksgiving Reel? Happy Thanksgiving. All right. (laughs) Ha <laughs>